Well, good morning, everybody. All right, you doing good? Hey, welcome to church. So glad that you are here. Uh, man, this is a place that is all about Jesus. That's what I love when we gather, is I know that uh, I get to take some time to just shut everything off and refocus myself on, man, it's Jesus who's going to get me through every struggle, every trial. He's going to be with me in the valley. He's going to be with me on the mountaintop. If you're brand new, this is a place you've walked into of hope. We want hope for you. We want healing for your soul, peace for you. This is a place that you can find purpose. And I'm super stoked because if you were here last week, Laura was supposed to be here, but she was down ill and sick, but she went and listened to the podcast and she said, you need me. You need me. So, really? Was that necessary, Justin? Was that necessary? That's not where we clap. That's an awkward clap. I don't need that. (laughs) Uh, Well, if you're new here, we just want to extend a special welcome to you. We want you to feel at home, and we want you to feel the way we do, that we just enjoy being with our church family. Um, We'd love for you to come and meet Brad and I at the end of the service by the new here room. We have a gift for you. We just want you to feel the genuine um, love that people, that we all have for each other here. And so we're glad that you're here. This is going to be a great day. We're in our series called Weapons of Mass Destruction. We all drop bombs on one another, and we've been walking through some of those bombs that we drop. And uh, today we're going to be talking about the anger bomb. Turn to somebody and say, you need this one. You need this one right here. This one's for you. (laughs) So we'll be talking about the anger bomb today. Uh, We've got one more week to go in this series. Grab some of those invite cards. Take those with you. Um, Our our core groups, I know so many of you are in core groups. I think like 70% of our people right now are in groups. That's that's incredible. And I've been hearing incredible feedback on that. Also, you can go to corechurch.com and check out our daily devotion. The one we had this week on forgiveness was incredibly helpful, incredibly helpful. And we'll have another one that has to do with the the anger bomb. So this series is really birthed out of our uh, theme verses that come from a letter that Paul wrote to a church in Ephesians. And isn't it nice to know when he writes these letters to the early church, they struggled as well. Isn't that nice? Like we look at the we look at scripture and we think all of these people were angelic. They were somehow super Christians. Yeah. They were normal, regular, everyday people, dysfunctional, struggle, backbiting, <laughs> gossiping, bitter, unforgiving people yeah. that Peter said or that, that Paul a said. Yeah, they said Paul said, I gotta write a letter to these people. And so he wrote this letter, and this is kind of the theme scripture for our series. I want us to say it together. It's from Ephesians chapter 4, 31 and 32. Can we say this together? Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you for this day. We just believe that you have uh, an appointment with us today, that you're going to speak into our lives, that you're going to change the 
bad directions that we go in uh, as we've talked about these negative and hard emotions. But God, you are always there for us. And we just pray, God, that you're going to finish what you started in us, God. You are doing such a great work of healing in our minds and in our souls that today is going to be such an extension. And we're going to see you work in our lives. And we are so grateful to serve such a big God. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, you may be seated. So we're, we're talking about the um, anger bomb today. Uh, not that any of us ever struggle with anger, but there are, are, there are things that universally I think we all get um, angry about. Yep. For, for example. Oh, traffic. Ooh. Traffic. Anybody? That, anybody? That's yeah, one get you? Yeah, that one, that one gets me hard. When I was, uh, a, well, I'm a caregiver, and when I was working at 21st and Yale, Oh, man, that was tough because if you don't hit the traffic before 4.30, you have added on at least 30 minutes to your trip. So I remember all day long, I'd just be caregiving and so sweet and tender, and I watched the clock as it started to turn to 4.20, and I was just like, here, here's your pills, here's your water. I got to go. <laughs> Because I'm like, I don't want to, no, because it'd be like an hour trip home. And I'm like, no. All right, here's another one. How about this one? Printer oh. error. See cashier for receipt. <laughs> oh, I paid at the pump for a reason. Mm -hmm. Now I have to walk the extra 20 feet, and I've gotten my steps in. I don't need. The other's like, when you've ever paid at the pump, and they ask you, Way too many questions. Oh, my gosh. That wanna... drives me crazy. Like, what's your favorite pet? I'm like, really? I just want my gas. I just need gas. I, I almost ran out of gas, and I just need gas. Okay, so here's another one. How about this? How about oh, this one right here? That's his pet peeve. Come on, somebody. Like That's I, his pet peeve. I don't understand what's wrong with some of you where you think you can take that cup and somehow I can balance yeah. it. Some kind of Houdini thing I got going. And if I walk away, I'm not responsible to empty that. And I think that's ridiculous. We live in a, in a home where there's a lot of trash. There are big trash cans in the kitchen. And it's like, you know what? We're always putting stuff in there. We can pile it up, you know? It, it's convenient. Just let it keep going until it needs, until it's just all over. I'm about to open up that bomb-making factory <laughs> right up in here. Right now, I'm serious. Like, now, I'm what's seriously. funny about that is, though, the bathroom trash is my like. Uh, uh. We can have no bathroom trash. I don't know what that is. What about. is that about? I don't even know what that. I don't right, know. Right. How about this one right here? This one here, the mobile pickup at Starbucks in the morning. Anybody ever deal with that one? You walk in and you're like, you're quick. You got to get to work. You need it. You may, you paid. You showed up, and there's 19 cups sitting there, and they all look alike. Then you watch people, they touch everyone, don't they? Everyone, turning them, looking for their caramel mochiata with skim milk. And it's like, they're all caramel mochiatas with skim milk. Just take one. <laughs> Just take one and go. All right, how about, how about this one right here? Oh, 
Now you've done it. Okay. Now you've done it. It just got real up in here, didn't it? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. You know, you know what's funny about um, OU fans, the OSU fans, OU fans, um, we, we track it. I've tracked it before. And when OU loses, our attendance can drop 3 to 5%. I don't Are know why Brian serious? Darnell's leaving. He's an OSU fan, so I don't even know why he's leaving, but uh, that's crazy. You know what's great about OSU fans? Like, you lose, you don't care. You're like, yeah, we're just used to it, so we just show up, and we're going to be in church. I am All an, right, that's enough. I am an equal Look, opportunity back. basher. If Brian's back. It's yeah. okay. <laughs> well, an and the thing basher. about it is, uh, you know, we look at things like that, that on the uh, – up there on the screen, and we, you know, it's easy to look at things like that and laugh it off because those things really aren't important to us, but then we get in relationship with people, and we, it's hard because everybody gets angry, and it's hard to admit that. It's hard to say, I I get angry, but we all deal with that, and oftentimes, what happens is it's people we aim that anger at, and then they get hurt, and it's really difficult to laugh that off. Yeah, it's really not funny at all. In fact, uh, when when you aim your anger at, at people, it can be very, very costly, can it not? Yeah. I mean, it can cost you a job. Mm-hmm. So, so maybe you've lost a job, or you know somebody who's lost a job. It can... It can damage a, a marriage with words and actions in that relationship. Friendships, it can be damaging in yeah. friendships. Yeah, absolutely. It can be damaging in that parent-child relationship. You get angry, and there's just all this bitterness that happens and that anger toward each other. So Peter is one of these guys that struggled with anger. So if you struggle with anger, you you ought to write down the name Peter. I mean, don't do it now because you don't want everybody to know that you're the one who struggles with anger. But, but Peter is one of these guys that had a short fuse. And he was just kind of known as just popping off all the time and yeah. just getting angry and upset. And, and there's this one time in Scripture when he just absolutely loses it. And it's very, very costly. Uh, some of you are, are familiar with the story of Jesus in the garden the night before he was, um, went to the cross. If you're, if you're new to church, uh, Jesus, the night before he was crucified, he took his disciples and they went to a, a garden area where they went to a lot and they were praying there. And Jesus knew what was about to happen, but his disciples had no idea what was about to go down that night. And suddenly out of nowhere, this Roman legion of soldiers and, and the temple guards show up with Judas and they've got weapons and they've got torches and Peter loses it. In John 18, 10, it says that then Simon Peter drew a sword and slashed off the right ear of Malchus, the high priest slave. You know, isn't that a lot of us can relate to Peter because Peter is a lot like if we were going to look at him as like a jackhammer, like just, he's just going to come in, and he's just going to like, I'm going to make something happen, powerful, noisy. Why are you looking at me? (laughs) I saw those eyes. I I know those (laughs) eyes. Uh, You don't have to admit it, but that's what I am. I am a a jackhammer. 
That's just how I operate. I'm, I'm, it's going to be loud. There's going to be stuff flying everywhere. But we are going to get to the bottom of it. Amen. Come on, somebody. Amen. So some of you are like I don't think anybody's me. with Nobody's you. Nobody's amen to me. Okay. <laughs> we're going to... We're going to get to the bottom of this if it's the last thing we do. So some of us are a, a jackhammer, but, but some of us, you, you see that and you go, oh, that's not me. Oh, I'm not that. Praise you, Jesus, for my righteousness and my holiness. You know what you are? You are a jack in the box. Yep. Yep. That's Exhibit me. Exhibit A. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to get noisy. Uh, I am not going to lash out. I am going to internalize and I'm going to push it down. Matter of fact, I'm going to get quiet. I'm going to clam up. But with doing that, I'm, it's like that jack in the box. So it's like, you never know when it's going to pop up. You never know. And then it becomes that creepy, pop. Explosion happens. So yeah, it, it's scary, it's, people. It's it is really. It's what's What's so funny about it is our, our kids have actually come to me before, and they said, "Dad, Dad, Mom just completely lost it, and we don't know what happened." And we were just, and I go, "I've told you, and I've told you. You push on your mom, you push on her. She's yep. kind, she's sweet, she's caring. But if you push hard enough, eventually she's gonna pop." And they're like, "Yeah, we know, but at least with you, we know you're consistent. You always cut our ear off every time." And ears coming off. Yeah. And what we see is Peter, Peter was a little of both, honestly. Yeah. He wasn't he was. just a jackhammer, but he was a, a jack in the box because mm -hmm. his entire life, he had lived it under Roman oppression. Yeah. The, Rome had just oppressed and oppressed, and he had taken it, and he had taken it, and he had taken it. Now, here in this moment, when the Roman soldiers show up, he just pop. He just absolutely loses it. Well, and all of us have this sword, okay, like, like Peter had. We all have this sword, and for some of us, that sword of anger is in our hands, but for some of us, it's inside. It's that intern internalizing inside, and we're really not that much different than Peter. To nope. Yeah, because Peter felt threatened. Yeah. The whole reason that he got angry, the whole reason that he lashed out mm -hmm. is because he felt threatened in that moment. Now, yeah. what you have to understand, you may not know the backstory on this, so let me fill in the gap for you if you're not familiar with this story. But, but Peter had been recruited by Jesus, and he believed that Jesus was the Messiah. Now, we as followers of Jesus and in the Christian faith, we know that that Messiah was a spiritual kingdom that he was talking about. But at this point, Peter and the disciples, they're not really clued into that. Yeah. They're not really getting that. What they think is the Messiah has come. He is going to overthrow Rome, and we're going to have a seat at the table. Peter's basically thinking, I'm going to be second in command. Yeah. And now that is being threatened. Not only is Jesus' life being threatened, but everything that we've worked for and everything I'd hoped for is being threatened in this moment. And so now what he's going to do is he's going to forcefully yeah. assert his will. Absolutely. And then that's our way of actually trying to take control of the situation. Isn't that what we want? In, in those times of anger, we just want control. We want it to stop, but we, we think if we can get control of the situation. We all react differently. 
Yep. So if you're if you're a jackhammer, if you're a jackhammer, honestly, we, we kind of behave at times like toddlers. Like what will a toddler do when a toddler wants his way or her way? Man, they will scream and they will fuss and they will bow their back up. <laughs> Okay, they'll fall on the ground. You ever been at the, at the store and seen a toddler throwing a fit on the ground? And you're like, what is wrong with that child? You know what that child's trying to do in that moment? Gain, Gain control. control. Mm-hmm. And, and is do, becoming a jackhammer in that moment. You know what I love? I love moms. I love you moms when you watch your toddler throwing a fit like that, and you just get up and you go, fine. And you just walk on down the aisle like you don't even see them. And they're back here by themselves. You've abandoned your child. They're three aisles over. And you, as long as you can hear them, oh, I can hear them. They're safe. And everybody at the store knows it. Oh, your mama's three miles over. You best get up right now. She's done had it. But if you're a jackhammer, you will assert your will. Yes. You'll get louder. Yeah. yeah. You'll make yourself bigger. You get redder. Whatever you have to do to try to get back control. Well, and when you're a jack in the box, like I am, probably many of you are, again, I'm going to clam up. I'm going to not let anybody in. I'm going to shut people out. And then I'm going to internalize it. But again, it's that Creepy little jack-in-the-box, like, ding-ding, But before you get there, wait, hang on a second. Back up, back up, back up. Because if you... I didn't do my pop. Hang on, before the pop, okay? Because before the pop, this is so important. Some of you, especially in a marriage relationship, uh, one of you is a jackhammer and the other is a jack-in-the-box. And and for Laura and I, um, I would get so frustrated when she would clam up. I would get so, it would make me angrier because I, what I didn't know was I was trying to get her to talk and engage and say Dialogue with me, like fight with me. I'm like, no. We've been married almost 35 years, and I did not learn this till almost five years ago. So three decades of ignorance on my part. (laughs) I did not know she was trying to control me. And control the situation. And now that I know that, you think that would make it easier, right? Oh, no. It makes it worse now. Well, I'm really disappointed in that because now you know. And now you're like, you're trying to control me. Whereas you didn't know before. (laughs) And so you just didn't know. That's a whole other series, isn't it, men? (laughs) You single guys, you think you're going to get married, you're going to lose control, okay? You ain't got control of nothing, okay, at all. She's got it. So uh, back to the pop. So oh yeah, back to the, get, oh get so to the pop. well my not one of my finest moments. Uh, so I I was with the kids in uh, in our van and drive. I still remember where we were at. I was driving down 111th, headed to Garnett, and I'm telling you, it was summer. It was so hot and the kids were just and they were together all the time and so they were nitpicking 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 and I had told them to stop and I had said hey guys you know stop we're not going to do that we're headed somewhere in the car and I just kind of kept saying hey guys no no you need to stop that you know separate yourself you know all that stuff and finally I had had it and it was that and I mean I just popped and I was just like, 
I'm so tired of you guys. You guys are just making me so mad. You guys aren't stopping. I'm so tired of you. You're going to stop. You are going to stop. I'm going to make you stop. I mean, I was so upset. I was yelling. And I remember Shane yelling back to me, you said we can't yell. How come you can yell at us? That was one of my rules, so that kind of backfired on me. But If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. This is so critical when you get in these situations. If you can remember this in this moment, it will help you so much. Value the relationship. Write that down. Value the relationship over my reaction. Value the relationship over my reaction. See, Peter felt threatened, but he also felt justified. Yeah. He felt justified because he and the other disciples and Jesus, they didn't do anything wrong. They were just minding their own. They were praying for Pete's sakes. They were doing nothing else but praying. And if anybody else, if it was anybody else's fault, it was the soldiers because, because they started it. Well, and when we lash out like that, we do make up excuses for our behavior, don't we? We say, um, well, it, they, they started it. Um, it's their fault. Uh, I'm just responding to what they did. And we come up with all this stuff just to justify our actions. We'll downplay it, too. We'll downplay it or yeah. we'll excuse our actions. Like, like, can you imagine Peter in that moment? Hey, hey, it's just an ear, people. Not like it took off his head, okay? <laughs> I mean, this is really, I mean, but, but Peter wasn't aiming for the ear, was he? No, he was aiming, he was aiming he was for aiming. the head. I, I can just imagine in that moment, John turning to Peter and like, you're a horrible shot. <laughs> <laughs> so, who gave Peter the sword? Really, of all the people? Can you imagine how that must have felt? They have one sword. And how many Roman soldiers? Like 500? So here's the ear. Boom, 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 boom. You see in that moment, they're like, huh. Bad idea. Yeah, this could really, be bad. really bad idea. And so often when we lash out in anger, it's a really, really bad idea. Well, and I like how Proverbs twenty nine eleven puts it. It says, "Fools vent their anger." Let me say that again. Fools vent their anger, but the wise quietly hold it back because. For them, it was an ear this time, but it could have been his head. Yeah, and that's true for all of us, isn't it? I mean, it might be an ear this time, but it might be a head the next time. Actions that you mm-hmm. that you can't take back. Yeah, damage. Yeah, words that uh, are spoken that you can't put back in. Uh, the regret yeah. is what I think about, too, of that you can't control this or, or your emotions. And so that regret, because you want to not do that. Like, I don't want to yell at my kids. But I allowed myself to not think of what the healthy thing was at that point. We've all heard the phrase, don't burn bridges. We're all familiar with that phrase, aren't we? Don't burn bridges. Oh, I'd like for you to write this down, okay? This is so important. Build the bridge. Build the bridge. Don't burn the bridge. Build the bridge. Don't 
burn the bridge. This is advice that I have given to so many parents of teenagers, so many parents that I have, I've sat down with, because in the teen years, um, and if those of you that don't have teenagers or those of you here today that are teenagers, those are the most volatile years, because teenagers, if you're 14, 15, 16, 17, whatever, you, you cannot wait to move out. You cannot yep. wait to make your own decisions, and let me give you a heads up. Your parents can't wait either. <laughs> it goes on both sides. <laughs> they are super stoked about you moving out. But listen, your parents love you. They care about you. They value the relationship, but it gets volatile. Teenagers, you can testify to that. It gets very, very volatile. Parents, it gets very volatile. And I always tell parents when I'm sitting down and I'm talking with some of them who are dealing with that issue in their life, as I say, man, don't burn the bridge, build a bridge. Because here's what needs to happen sometimes, and this is true, by the way, not just in parenting, but it's true in a friendship it's true in a marriage. Uh, there are times that you go, you know what? We need some separation. We need to be apart for a little while. You need yeah. to be on your side of the bridge. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be on my side. Yeah, of there the needs to be some space there. And then sometimes you can meet in the middle. You can meet in the middle of that bridge together. You can compromise a little bit. And that's why you don't want to burn that bridge, by the way. And that's why you want to build that bridge because when you get in the middle, it can get really, really shaky. And that's where you can just burn down the bridge and destroy that relationship. Sometimes you need to come to their side and see their side of it. And sometimes the person on the other side needs to come over here and see your side of it. But I just say, whatever you do, don't burn the bridge. And especially tell this to parents of teenagers, because you want in 10 years for them to call you. Yeah. And you want in 10 years that when you call them, they take your call. So do whatever. That's why I say value. Yeah the relationship. When you think about how you're about to respond in that moment, think, I value this relationship. I value this marriage. I value this friendship. I value this child, and I value my mom or my dad. Well, and Peter, he goes after Malchus, but the crazy thing is he was innocent. He was their slave. He wasn't even one of the Roman soldiers. He was, a, it says that he was a slave. And so, so many times we go after the people that really aren't the ones that did something to you. So people get caught in between and they get hurt. Innocent people. People that didn't have anything to do with what was happening, but they just got in the way. Yeah, you get angry at your boss. And you take it out on your coworker. Yep. Or uh, you're, you're angry at, at something that happened in your life, and you take it out yeah. on, a, on a friend. Yeah, you get angry at your husband, and then you take it out on your kids. Because it's just this one, like, it's collateral damage. You know what it, I see a lot, Laura, is I see a lot of people that are angry over something that happened way back here. Yeah, in your past. And somebody here in the present triggers that mm-hmm. by something they do or something they say. They have no idea. And they're an innocent victim. And so often then we will lash out at that person. And that's not even who we're angry at. And there's always collateral damage. Innocent people can get hurt. Yeah, I'm so glad you pointed that out because that's a big one. And, you know, in week one, we talked about that this idea of that call, being called to freedom, that we had to walk in that freedom, being called to freedom, but that so many times that we had this anger in us, and we, we literally walk into a prison cell 
and we lock ourselves in. We hold the keys because we're angry and we feel like we're doing something about it. And our anger is fed and fed in that way. We talked about that. And that here you are actually in a prison cell, though. Because anger is a trap. I mean, you just get trapped, like, I can't do anything about it, and I'm so sick of being angry, I'm so, I can't stop, and why do I, why do I keep reacting like that, and why can't I get control of myself, and you've walked yourself into your own prison, and you're holding the keys, and Paul says in our, in our theme verses, Ephesians 4, 31 and 32, he says, get rid of anger, and instead, he uses this word, be tenderhearted, he talks about being Tender heart and, and, and being having a tender heart, having a tender heart towards people is really that healing balm, B A L M, yeah. yeah, for anger is maintaining and keeping a ten, tender heart. But how do you do that? How do you how, how do, do you, you maintain, maintain a, a, a tender heart in the heat of the moment? Well, and that tender heart doesn't mean the wording in there does not mean soft. I think that sometimes we get that and we're like, well, I'm not going to be soft on that situation. But that's not what tender-hearted means in this specific reading. It means uh, being like Jesus and responding like Jesus. It means compassion. It means mercy. It means actually responding like Jesus. And this is exactly how Jesus responded. We're, we're looking through these different viewpoints of all the different disciples. So in the Gospels, they tell this story in all of the uh, Gospels. We hear the account of this. So we heard John's viewpoint of it, but uh, Matthew brings his viewpoint in on it too. And he talks about what Jesus said in this moment in Matthew 28, 52. He said this. These are the words of Jesus. Put away the sword. Come on, turn yep. to somebody yep. and tell them, put yep. it down. Come on, tell somebody next to you, say, put it put down. Put it down. Now, this doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It doesn't because Peter was thinking about the kingdom. See, he was thinking that Jesus would come, set up a kingdom. He believed that he would be second command. So he's thinking, no, we've got to forcefully take this. We've got to go after this. This is the kingdom we're fighting for. I love in this story because Judas and the soldiers, they think they're in complete control. They think they are controlling the situation, but what they have no idea is that Jesus is in complete yes. control of this situation. Like they could beat him, they could spit on him, they could nail him to a tree, they could put him in the ground, but they could not keep our Savior down. Can yes. I get an amen, amen. on that one? Yes. That is some yes. good news. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Listen, some of you need to see what does that mean to me? This is what it means to you. People can slander you. They can spit on you. They can talk about you. They can abuse you. They can take advantage of you. But when you have Jesus on your side, when you have Jesus, the power is available to you and to me to put the sword away. Absolutely. And when we have Jesus on our side, we can rise above the situation. The power of God is a, is a power that is strengthening, and he strengthens us enough to take that sword and to put it down. Because I, you and I don't have it in us to be able to do the kind of stuff that we're talking about this morning. But with God, we can put away the sword. If you're taking notes, write this down because this will really, I think, help you is I, I can't control what people do to me. 
I can't control what people do to yep. me. Yep. But I can control how I respond. I can control how I respond. And that's empowering. You know, week one, we talked about this battle for control. If you were here, um, but if you weren't here, we talked about the difference between the um, sin nature and just being all in on ourself before we know Christ, before we know Jesus, but that after we have Jesus, we have the Spirit of God in us, and that we can do things, and we have a new identity. And so, if you look, if you look at the scriptures, when when John, when Jesus calls Simon P- Peter, he calls Simon Peter instead of Peter, and so he's referring to that old self, like the old person, the old identity. You're doing the old stuff that you used to do. And what Peter was not doing was not connecting with who he really was. He was going back and dipping into that old, sinful, all that sinful nature. Yeah, I love because uh, if you, Jesus gave Simon a new name. John, John calls him Simon Peter here. I love that because when you, when you look at those two names, when before Jesus, his name was simply Simon. That yep. was it, just yep. Simon. That was his name. But when Jesus came to him, he said, I'm going to change your name. Your name now is Peter. So here in this moment, like Laura said, is he's tapping into the old Simon instead of the new Peter. And the same is true for you and I. If you're a yep. follower of Jesus, you don't have to tap into the old you. That's the old you. That's gone. You can let that go. You can tap into the new you. You have a new identity in Christ, and you have one more advantage that Peter did not have in that moment. You have the spirit of the living God in you to help you fight your battles. Like yeah. Peter had Jesus in the flesh, but Jesus said, you're going to have something greater, and that's the power of the spirit in you so that you can rise above it. Yeah. And matter of fact, in, in Luke's account, uh, in 2251, Jesus says, no more of this. So everybody say, let's turn to each other and say that. No more of this. And he touched the man's ear and he healed him. That's one of the most unbelievable like miracles to me, that he put that ear back and he healed that slave because Jesus was about compassion and mercy and he was always in control. He healed the man's ear. It's crazy. Well, we have the power. We have the power as a follower of Jesus to say no more of this. You have that power available to you. You can tap into that power. You don't have to say, well, I'm just who I am. This is how I've always been. This is how it's always going to be. And they did this. No, you can actually have the words of Jesus be your words. No more of this. Maybe you're like Peter, and you're a jackhammer. Maybe like Peter, you've lashed out, and you've wounded people, and you've hurt people. Today, this day, you can say, no more of this this. I will not be this person anymore. I'm going to do something different in my life. And maybe you need to go find some people that you've wounded and seek restoration, seek healing, seek their forgiveness. Well, or maybe you're Malchus. You've been innocently attacked. 
You've been hurt by people. You've been wounded, allowing God to heal you, to help you to rise above, to to lay down that sword of whatever is inside or whatever's in your hand and believe that he can do something supernatural for you. Because so many times these hurts that are so deep, it's going to take a supernatural touch. But there's going to be need to be some things that you're going to need to do. Um, let's pray right now. God, we just thank you right now that you are doing a new work. And we thank you, Heavenly Father, that your word has gone forth today and that your word changes things. God, that it brings life, that it brings healing, that it brings peace and purpose. And we're believing that as people are setting in their seats, Lord, they're united with you, that they're taking that step to believe and to trust and to think that you can do it and to have that hope in Jesus' name. Amen.